Welcome, welcome, welcome to a wonderful episode of the Gospel According to Stupid. I'm Johnny Waters, and this is my podcast where I read the Bible from cover to cover. Uh, because... Fucking reasons. Um, and my dogs are barking at nothing, so that's fucking fantastic. Um, yeah, that's what we're we're up to today. We're gonna... Today is a review day, everybody. A big old review day for people who like to be like, I don't want to listen to the whole fucking thing. You can listen to this bullshit and go from there. Um, so, business up front. All right. You can reach out to us at accordingtostupid at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at accordtostupid and www.johnwatersvoiceover.com forward slash podcasts where... You can find uh, this podcast and listen to it and figure out where you want to listen to it from there. Uh, Whether it's just like the first episode or you're like, well, I like Spotify or I like Apple Podcasts. Ooh, I just click on this little button right here. Beep, beep, beep. And bam, you're there. Um, Yeah, so today is a uh, review day of uh, Proverbs before we go into Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. uh, Which, um... I don't know. Uh, I've heard Ecclesiastes, I've read a couple of things in there, and uh, it it seems to be the one that most people choose, much like Proverbs, you know, good lines out of. So, there's that. Okay. So I got a couple of uh, places that feel like they've reviewed uh, or made a good summary of the Bible, uh, of uh, such. So, uh, here we go. Uh, We're back to (laughs) schmoop.com. I think we're back to three places, shmoopinsight.org and uh, Sparknotes. Uh, for the thought of, like, shmoop seems to be kind of this, like, lackadaisical way of doing it. Um, <laughs> Pastor Chuck Swindle seems to be, you know, <laughs> that guy. And uh, and then we move on to, like, Sparknotes, where it's just more, it's more analytical than anything. Uh, so we have three different ways of going through shit, and uh, it, it seems to fill in any gaps that I may or may not have missed. All right? Cool. So, here we go. Shmoop tells us this is a book without advance. Uh, okay, so technically nothing really happens in Proverbs, kind of like Seinfeld or not. It's a collection of, well, Proverbs, after all, but it does have a structure of sorts. It begins by praising wisdom, which it will repeatedly do through the course of its 31 chapters, and also damn. Wisdom isn't just an abstract noun or a concept, it's a person, either metaphorically or like a kind of angel-goddess figure. Lady Wisdom, as she is later became known, was God's first creation, um, according to Proverbs, and they don't cite that, so I guess we'll see. Uh, The book takes us back before the first chapter of the Bible itself, before God said, let there be light. In the very beginning, God creates wisdom, who watches and applauds as God goes on to create the earth and the heavens. I must have missed that. Although, like, if you have to create something, you might as well create a hype man for you, right? But in addition to this interesting piece of backstory on the Bible as a whole, Proverbs plunges onwards with fairly long catalogs of Proverbs, some of which are attributed to King Solomon, and some of which are presented as collections from an assortment of unknown wise men or and or wise women. Who knows? Solomon might have originated some of them, at least. Uh, okay. I somehow doubt it, but like, you know. Non-Israelite Wisdom 2? The themes are fairly simple. Love, wisdom, and seek it with all your heart. Be righteous and wise, and don't be wicked or foolish or lazy or a contentious wife or an adulteress. 
There are long passages in chapter 5 and chapter 7 relating to this subject, but semi-frequently. Proverbs trots out some advice that's pretty unrelated. Don't binge on honey, for instance, or you'll throw up. Good advice, gang. Yeah, it was pretty good advice, but, you know, fuck you. In its last two chapters, the book of Proverbs ends with three important sections. First, there's an oracle from an otherwise unidentified guy named Agur, Augur, A-G-U-R, maybe a non-Israelite wise man, who asks God for a life of moderation and peace before going on to talk poetically about things that amaze and perplex him. Secondly, King Lemuel, whoever he was, maybe another non-Israelite, say scholars, records, uh, records some advice his mom gave him about being a good king. His mom did that? Oh, okay. Uh, the book winds up uh, with an ode to a strong and capable wife, contrasting this example with its earlier attacks on the adulteress and the contentious wife. I guess so, but I don't really remember a king getting um, advice from his mom. But I, you know, who am I to talk? Okay, um, we're going to move on to someone who is, uh, you know, really very much reading the, the Bible, the Bible, uh, this uh, insight.org Chuck Swindle guy, which I I really don't know what faith he goes through. It, it seems to be more of um, basic Christianity, I guess. Uh, <laughs> although they do have a tax-wise giving in the donate section, so, you know. <laughs> Anyway, um, so he's talking about Proverbs. So who wrote the book? Proverbs, like Psalms, names multiple individuals as the authors of its various sections. Solomon was uniquely qualified to serve as the principal author for this book of wise sayings. 1 Kings 3, 5-9 recounts Solomon asking God for wisdom in his reign over Israel and a request God eventually granted 1 Kings 4, 29-31. So, you know, a chapter and change later. In fact, Solomon identified himself as the source of most of the book. His name appears at the beginning of three distinct sections, Proverbs 1.1, 10.1, and 25.1, covering almost all of the first 29 chapters of the book. Well, that that's just his name putting in the front of it. doesn't mean that he did that did those ones from one from 2 to 9 and then 11 to 24 that's 3 chapters that's i mean out of 31 it's what 10% still a good number sure covering almost all of the first 29 chapters of the book no 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 it does not unless he's meaning in this sense like apart from this covering almost all of the first 29 chapters but it might have been those things of like hey i'm here i said these things and i'm you know we're just going to move forward with the things i said a short section consisting of proverbs 22 17 to 24 34 expresses the words of the wise proverbs 22 17 which solomon solomon may have compiled from various sources who's to say Evidence that Solomon drew on multiple sources appears in Proverbs 24-23, where Solomon uses used the plural noun for wise. What's the plural of that? Also translated sages. Oh, I guess I just need to read more. To describe the authors of this section. Also, due to the book's similarities with Mesopotamian and Egyptian collections of Proverbs, such as the instruction of M... M... Uh, fuck. Amenemope... Amen, amen, m-ope. Amen, m-ope. 
It's possible that God inspired Solomon to record this section based on wise sayings he had been exposed to throughout his life. I guess. <laughs> yes, I can see like, you know, let's put this section in there. The two final chapters identify Agur, uh, 30 and 31, and Lemuel, 31, 1, as their authors, though the identities of these men remain mysterious in history, so no one fucking knows. Where are we? The composition of Proverbs remains one of the most difficult questions about the book. Okay. Its strong association with Solomon means most of its contents are completed prior to his death in 931 BC. Oh, okay. Clearly the book stayed in the southern kingdom of Judah as Hezekiah's men compiled more of Solomon's Proverbs in Proverbs 25-29. to This indicates that the book was likely in its final form sometime before the end of Hezekiah's reign in 1686 BC. That's interesting, right? That, that's, you know, if, if true, it's totally interesting. Why is Proverbs so important? Yeah. Proverbs accomplishes something no other biblical book does. Uh-oh. So we're not going to see another one of those again. It simply compiles numerous short instructions for living an effective life on earth. While other books articulate profound theological truths, mm -hmm, lengthy narratives of triumph and failure, or prophetic preaching to a disobedient people, like <laughs> you and me, Proverbs concerns itself completely with instructing people in the path of wisdom. The writers of the book recognized the varied circumstances of a person's life and provided principles to apply in a variety of situations rather than instructions to follow in only a few specific instances. Alright, so it's like, real short and sweet and ba 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 ba. here's what you fucking do. What's the big idea? Proverbs states its themes explicitly very early in the book. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Is it? Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord ref uh, refers to our viewing him with the respect he deserves. Fair enough. It means living our lives in light of what we know of him, which is not much. Holding him in the highest estimation, and depending on him with humble trust. Yeah, well, I do ask for help now and again, so I guess there is that. Only then Proverbs teaches, only then, Proverbs teach, only then, comma, Proverbs teaches, other comma, Will we discover knowledge and wisdom? See also 9.10. In writing the Proverbs, Solomon hoped that his readers would attain practical righteousness in all things, that we would do this by living our lives under the authority and direction of God. I, I suppose that can be reached to be like, you know what, we really need to tell everybody what the fuck's going on. Although, the next several generations of Solomon do not work out terribly well, so him trying to circumvent that by being like, you know what, let's make this, you know, well known to people to be like, don't eat a bunch of honey. And oh, fuck, if you marry a contentious woman, your life's going to be fucking shit. And, um, you know, fear God, usual shit. He specifically explained the book's purpose in 1, 2 through 6, focusing on imparting an understanding that would impact every facet of our lives. Every facet? Much of the book emphasizes listening to others so that we might learn from them and apply the combined knowledge of those who have gone before us, such as parents and elders, to the unique circumstances of our own lives. One, five, eight. So I get <laughs> this teaches us to be like, we should be understanding of multiple people and, and see what they really think of things. <laughs> but so long as they believe what the fuck we believe, though. Wisdom then involves... Uh, Wisdom then involves appropriating a measure of humility, first before God and then before others. 
If instead we decide to speak rashly rather than listen attentively, well, Proverbs deals with that too. 12, 15, 13, 3. Um, I guess if we don't listen, bad shit happens, right? How do I apply this? Read it, then live it, <laughs> is the first two sentences of this. Proverbs contains some of the most applicable nuggets of truth in all of the Bible. Most of the Proverbs are pithy statements brimming over with imagery from the real world. This approach allows us to see very clearly how any particular proverb might be applied to any number of everyday situations we encounter, from getting out of bed in the morning to building a strong foundation in our relationships with others. Kind of? Not really, though. It's mostly about being rich and poor, right? And how it's really contradictory how we should treat them. Proverbs reminds us that God concerns himself not just with the big cataclysm. Fuck! Proverbs reminds us, all right, fuckers, that God concerns himself not just with the big cataclysmic events of life, but even those mundane, invisible moments in our lives as well. Are you following God even in those seemingly small circumstances? Allow Proverbs to refocus your attention on all the hidden moments of your life. Eh, I'm good. <laughs> all right, so the literary version, the Spark Notes version of this. Let's see what happens. All right. Uh, where are we at time-wise? Oh, we're good. All right, overview. Proverbs is the chief volume in the biblical collection of wisdom literature, which also includes Ecclesiastes, Job, and portions of Psalms. The purpose of wisdom literature in the Bible is to teach rather than to relate a narrative. Fair enough. Proverbs contains 31 chapters, each comprised of 20 to 35 wise sayings that are each two poetic lines long. Most of the book is attributed to King Solomon, but as the book itself indicates, the written teachings in their current form were probably collected no earlier than the reign of Hezekiah, king of Judah in the late 8th and early 7th centuries. Other sections of the text are attributed to additional, more obscure authors. However, it is safe to say that Proverbs represents the written record of an oral tradition of wise sayings with uncertain origins. A proverb is a short, pithy saying that usually draws a comparison between two forms of behavior in order to impart moral or religious wisdom to its receiver. Some of the wise sayings in proverbs also take the form of enigmatic or cryptic utterances that the receiver must interpret to understand the meaning. I guess. Biblical proverbs are religious. <laughs> what? But they focus on concrete human experiences rather than divine revelation. Nevertheless, their judgments always entail a timeless quality, like the moral of a myth or a folktale. The biblical notion of wisdom implies acquiring skill or ability in the areas of justice and moral goodness, like a craftsman learning a craft. In fact, Proverbs frequently instructs a listener to get or buy wisdom, 4, 5, and 23, 23. The sayings in Proverbs are often addressed to young people who are in the process of becoming wise. It is likely that the book of Proverbs formed part of the education for Hebrew youth after the Israelite exile and return to the promised land. Neat. Structure. The book of Proverbs is divided into four main sections, with three additional sections or appendices included at the end. The third part, uh, the first third of Proverbs, is an extended lecture spoken by the personified voice of wisdom. Oh, I thought it was like dad, but okay. This section is the most conversational narrative and thematic portion of the book. 
Wisdom speaks in the first person and refers to the reader as my child, instructing the reader on various topics for wise living. I totally missed the wisdom thing. I assumed it was either God talking to somebody or it was just, you know, father to son talking. The voice of wisdom assumes different forms. On the one hand, wisdom refers to itself in feminine terms, using the pronouns she and her. What? When the fuck did that happen? Wisdom describes itself as a woman standing on the city streets, crying out her warnings to the people. I somewhat remember this. Uh, however, wisdom also identifies itself with God. Ah, see, uh, I'm not totally lost in this shit. Pursuing wisdom, it says, is the same thing as obeying God, and wisdom claims to have been God's partner in creating the world. The next three sections of Proverbs contain the Proverbs of Solomon and the sayings of the wise. The list of Solomon's Proverbs is made up of two lengthy sections, and the Proverbs are very loosely organized by theme. The speaker usually assumes the voice and authority of a king. Many of the Proverbs follow the formula of antithetical parallelism. Yeah, that was the thing I was getting real fucking tired of. What that means is, you know, you take one thing, you switch it, and then you would make, you know, uh, a comparison between the two. You know, and it just, it's formulaic that way. A convention in which the proverb is stated in two poetic lines, and one line describes a type of good or wise behavior, while the other describes its evil or foolish opposite. The sayings of, uh, the, sayings of the wise make up one small section and are less rhetorical, issuing more direct commands and advice to the reader. The final three sections in Proverbs include the brief oracles of Augur and King Lemuel, and a closing lesson on how to select a good wife. Agra and Lemuel's historical existence is unknown, but their cryptic sayings continue the demand of, uh, for wisdom and the themes of temperance and justice that are common to the rest of Proverbs. The final passage praises all the traits of the good and capable wife, 31.10. She is industrious, independent, strong, generous to the poor, and most importantly, she fears or obeys God, 31.30. Proverbs closes by calling for her family and the community to praise her. Themes Proverbs is largely concerned with the, with the inevitability of God's justice and the importance of prudence and moderation, even though most of those people who he punishes were probably in prudence and moderation. We don't know that. We don't know it the other way either. Solomon's Proverbs maintain that wicked deeds will invariably lead to divine retribution and punishment during a person's earthly life. People who slander others will have their tongues cut off. Those who are lazy will have failing crops, and undue pride will lead to an individual's downfall. One way to enjoy the favorable hand of God's justice is to practice moderation and prudence, so don't go too far in any way. According to the Proverbs, the moderate person avoids the excesses of the foolish, including excessive drinking, eating, sleeping, gossiping, and rage. Well, fuck. A consistent way to demonstrate wise behavior is by choosing words shrewdly and carefully. Yeah, you fucking cow! <laughs> the Proverbs also praise those who prepare... Oh, fuck. <coughs> <coughs> that was fair. All right, I get it. The Proverbs also praise those who prepare in advance, particularly those who uh, build their homes in preparation for later circumstances. The most important sign of wisdom and prudence, however, is obedience and reverence to one's parents. Yay! Um, the importance of women and femininity in Proverbs is unusual in the context of the Old Testament. Yeah, I thought so too. 
In the most Old Testament narratives, women play a role secondary to that of men. However, Proverbs suggests that women can use wisdom within a male-dominated society to assert their strength and independence. Okay. Fair enough, I, I guess. Hmm. The final chapter gives license to the good wife to do everything from selling merchandise to performing home repair. And Solomon notes earlier that it is the wise woman who builds her house. Thanks. 14.1. So, marry a construction lady, guys. Or ladies. You know. Interestingly, the young men throughout Proverbs wander aimlessly, searching for the correct path, but falling prey to seduction. Yeah, it happens. Wisdom personified as a woman stands fast, stationed at the city gates or in the streets delivering messages as an oracle or soothsayer. The juxtaposition of feminine wisdom with God alters the vision of God from previous biblical books, in which God appears as an angel, a group of men, or in thunder and fire, which I imagine, if you could arrive that way, wouldn't you? The book of Proverbs does not suggest that God is a woman, or a being with a gender. Eh, fair enough, because before I did be like, God's a woman? Oh no! <coughs> but I guess this one's like, eh, and this whole wisdom personification thing, whether it's an angel or it's just God just doing him thing. His thing, I guess. <coughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Um, where was I? Uh, God appears as an angel, a group of men, thunder fire. Uh, nevertheless, the fem feminine voice of wisdom claims to be an integral part of God. Mm -hmm. Hermaphroditic God. I can get behind this. Wisdom notes, The Lord created me at the beginning of his work. Then I was beside him like a master worker. 8.22-30 I think they skip some bits. Wisdom also affirms, For whoever finds me finds life, and obtains favor from the Lord. So, 8.35, excuse me. So I guess, you know, looking for wisdom in all the right places, apparently that's your Bible. Uh, wisdom is the source of life, a helper in creation and a mediator between God and humankind. By assigning wisdom a feminine quality, Proverbs suggests that femininity, in addition to masculinity, should be an important way in which we think about the order of the world. Yeah, gang. Yeah. Think about that and smoke it. Um, alright, gang. Yeah, I've bored you enough with this shit. So that was Proverbs! We made it through another book! Holy shit fuck. Um, so, the uh, next one is Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. It's only 12 long, so it's probably going to be only a couple of weeks uh, that we get through it and knock it out and kick its ass, and then we move on to the next one. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Please leave a review if you can. Five stars would be fucking fantastic. And uh, you have been gospel to by the stupid. <laughs>